0: We'll start with a history lesson. The word gin is derived from Genever, or Genever, 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 I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but it's Dutch for juniper. No doubt the first thing you think of if you know much of anything about what goes into making this drink, which has been sipped upon since the 1600s, it was actually formulated as a medicine. You might actually still notice a more medicinal look to the bottles than other spirits, now that you know to look for it. Historians note that people liked it so much, they began reporting illnesses more frequently so a doctor would bring them some of this Jennifer. It had a calming, courage-building effect, according to the Dutch soldiers in the 30-year war at least, so they brought it onto the battlefield. Man, the stuff they don't teach you in history class. The gin craze, scholars will note, began around the 1720s in London, where they drank gin to avoid the highly prevalent waterborne diseases at the time. Of course, this was not good for them. It led to a lot of debauchery, you could say, among the poorer people who could afford gin more easily than beer or wine or even clean water. Eventually, things were regulated, science advanced, gin became more of a gentleman's drink. In the 1800s, the British began sipping tonic water as they roamed about the world and staked their claim in the more tropical parts of it because the quinine in it repelled mosquitoes, but tonic was pretty bitter on its own. So they added gin, again, all in the name of staying healthy. But somewhere along the line, gin fell out of favor, perhaps because of the association with the drunken, dangerous lives of London's poor or even with the Prohibition-era bootlegged bathtub gin designed to get you drunk at any cost, which was sometimes pretty high. Only in the last 10 years or so has gin begun to reclaim its place on cocktail menus, both craft and corny, or have you even thought to pick up a bottle for a party or to restock your liquor cart? Now, we cannot talk about the future of gin without one person, Natasha Barami, the St. Louis girl, the gin girl, and the first American woman inducted into the Gin Hall of Fame.
1: What's really exciting about this accolade and that we've been, we, when I say we, I mean the United States, I mean Missouri, I mean St. Louis, we have been inducted into the Global Gin Hall of Fame. Bobby eats St. Louis,
0: it is a gin world, baby, and Natasha is teaching us to live in it. She's making St. Louis its capital. How she combined a love for the spirit with her family's restaurant to create a
1: destination for aficionados and explorers alike. We wanted to create a demographic base that could fall in love with gin. Why she gets excited when
0: you tell her you don't like gin, and why people who don't drink have always been a part of
1: her business model. We've tried to create an environment where if you're not partaking, there's no judgment there. Plus, of course, your food news and weekend planner.
0: Natasha wanted to make pretty clear as we sat down in the wake of shelves upon shelves of curved glass bottles behind the bar of the gin room that the St. Louis cocktail scene was thriving long before she opened her place on South Grand. She says they paved the way for what's happening
1: here now. But what's exciting to see is now you do go to any cocktail bar, which there are some amazing cocktail bars here in Missouri, Kansas City, um, Springfield, St. Louis, um, that are really crushing it. And it is seeing that Jen is becoming integral to those bar programs. Natasha literally learned to walk just steps away from where we sat. In
0: Cafe Natasha, the adjacent restaurant her parents opened when she was really young. She went out into the world, no intention really of ever taking over the family business.
1: I finished my Um, undergrad degree. I finished my master's degree. I wanted to pave a way for myself, but deeply and innately, the the restaurant industry had caught my soul. And so did Gin. After a
0: bartender at an old school place served her a martini with it instead of vodka, the way the drink was originally intended to be mixed, by the way, and it blew her
1: mind. I fell in love with something. Let's say you're in love with cars or comics or anything. What do you do? You nerd out on it. You read everything or you get your hands on as many as you can or you I what I did was I tasted every gin I could. Um, I went and worked at a gin bar in Washington DC. I just wanted to be part of how The category of gin was exploding, not only globally, but the American craft movement in the United States. She learned from the bourbon connoisseurs, the winos, the
0: beer guys, and eventually found her own people too.
1: And once I started realizing it was not just me here, there was a whole kind of global network. They are now, we call ourselves the gin genies. (laughs) (laughs) They'll appreciate that. there were people doing this and there was a network globally and I got to be part of that network and I knew I wanted to convey that knowledge and bring it back to St. Louis. Eventually, she founded Jin World, Gin Week, Gin Festival, groups and gatherings
0: devoted to learning and sharing this collective spirit. She not only found her people, she became a leader among them, but her roots, of course, ran intertwined with
1: people of her Persian culture. When we opened The gin room, almost eight years ago now, everyone told us, you can't open a gin bar because no one drinks gin. You can't open a gin bar in St. Louis, Missouri, because it's a beer and bourbon town and no one drinks gin. And then I ended up opening a gin bar inside of a Persian restaurant. It was a leap. A leap of faith that I had in my city here, and I knew we could do it.
0: The Persian aspect of it, because yes, if you're driving down South Grand, I mean, there's so much to look at and see. It's
1: a fantastic street we have here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. South Grand has more ethnicities than Epcot Center.
0: I love it and it's cheaper and the food is better so I like it.
1: <laughs> All family run.
0: Yes. And so when you
1: come up the street here
0: you see it, it is a little jarring though. When you see a Cafe Natasha's a Persian restaurant and then the gin room it does seem like it's kind of random. I mean for somebody who's new to St. Louis or doesn't know what they're what to expect with this. Have you ever had to deal with any pushback of somebody saying these two you just you just can't
1: it was uh, an interesting obstacle in and lear- learning curve because um, alcohol and certain religious don't meld well together, and it was it has continued to be an interesting um, change because in order to dine at Cafe Natasha, you have to walk through the gin room, and to. Um, Many of our core demographic base for the last now 36 years, a lot of them don't partake in alcohol. Um, And so we've really tried to create a separation. Cafe Natasha has never changed. It's the same menu that's been for decades. We don't want to change that. We've tried to create an environment where if you're not partaking, there's no judgment there, there's not needed you, you can order from the cafe Natasha menu and have nothing to do with the cocktail element of it. And the gin room, where if you want to more partake in spirits, it's the room that you first walk into. You'll notice it because the entire back bar, we have over 300 gins and um, clearly something you want to come into and try all these things. but. We've tried to be very respectful of our guest base who's been coming here for decades to not make them feel like they're uncomfortable walking in here um, and that they can say the same Cafe Natasha without feeling uncomfortable that we serve alcohol here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And really, too, I think that there's something to be said for, I mean, any... Um restaurant in which a a family-run, you're serving the food of your people, your culture, it becomes your interpretation of it. And so over the course of 30 years, yes, that is its own spot, it is its own space, and it stayed true to itself, but in some ways I feel like the the two places here, side by side, this is the interpretation
1: of you. I mean that's exactly it. My mother and father started this restaurant in 1983. But in the end, in order for me to take it on, I had to make it my own. And gin, she's found, is a good medium for that. Essentially, what
0: makes a gin a gin is some sort of neutral-tasting, natural alcohol infused with juniper and sometimes other botanicals, like herbs, seeds, spices. And it turns out that means you can go in a lot of different directions with that. Natasha is a member of the Gin Guild, which works to ensure that there's some sort of official distinction for what makes a legit quality distilled gin and what's basically a flavored vodka with a fancier name tag on.
1: There are beautifully malty gins that if you closed your eyes, you couldn't tell the difference between whiskey and that malty barrel aged gin. That's really exciting. There are times we have beautiful vegetal gins, some that are distilled with red bell peppers or tomatoes. And, Ooh, that oh, yes, good. it becomes so many people's favorite, these Italian tomato gins, for example. They're beautiful in martinis, but they're things you don't think about when you think of gin. And so introducing to you to these savory, olive distilled gins, um, seaweed distilled gin. It doesn't taste like seaweed. It tastes like this crisp salinity. And people who love tequila or mezcal are excited for this agave-like crisp salinity, um, savoriness that comes with people who like margaritas or such, right? Or their gins distilled with blackberries and blueberries and almond oil. And it has this mouthfeel that just makes you happy. Now, when I'm saying all these things and you hadn't said gin, you probably don't think I'm talking about gin. Then you say you may not like floral or overly floral gins, but then I might actually make you fall in love with a gin that's distilled with Turkish rose, raspberry, and peach right? That doesn't sound unattractive to you. And it's like, maybe I didn't like it this way. Hendrix is an amazing gin, but it's this beautiful floral gin. But maybe it's not ideal in a dirty martini, but it's amazing in this gimlet that we make, right? So every gin is not necessarily great in every way in finding the right way to apply that to not only the individual person, but to the right cocktail.
0: You kind of have to know a little bit more about what you're doing with it. Do you think that that might be part
1: of the reason some people are so intimidated by it? It's definitely difficult to walk into a retail store. And gin has pretty bottles. It, it has does. really pretty bottles. But they don't. it doesn't really say enough on the bottle for you to understand what the flavor profile is going to be. It's another reason why Gin World, the gin room does so well. Is because you can walk into the gin room and have a gin tasting flight, where we walk you through five different gins, or maybe if you wanna do two, 10 different gins, where you understand there's a range and spectrum. When you walk in here and you have an open mind, you could walk out having an entirely different, even what is the word confidence in your interest in gin. So let's play a little role playing exercise here, okay? So I walk in, I see this
0: cool looking bar, I've heard, I've read, I know it's a place I've gotta go in St. Louis because I'm a cocktail drinker, but Natasha, I don't know if I like gin. How do you respond to me on
1: that? Well, you've already excited me. So you've already walked into my bar knowing and acknowledging to me that you don't like gin. To me, all I hear is they're willing try something that's what that says to me they're open and willing to try something else even if you say you don't want to Mm -hmm. at least you walked in here knowing you want to try our experience we have vodka we have bourbon we have all types of whiskey and we have a huge um, mezcal program rum we have literally two bars on premise we have the garden bar which is outside and we have the gin room but in the end we want you to be happy we want to listen to you. So what do you drink? What excites you? Yeah, okay, so today I
0: I like vodka. I typically am a vodka drinker in my cocktails.
1: And that's honestly amazing because you already love the base of what gin is, okay? Gin's base is a neutral base spirit. That's vodka. Gin adds botanicals to that beautiful vodka and makes it more vibrant. And so... Imagine gin as you taking vodka in a cocktail, right? It gives it flavor. You liked that beautiful cocktail that vodka was in. All gin does is take that and expand on it. Now, every gin is not for everyone. I am the first to admit that. I don't love every gin. They're not all for me. But it's being able to have the opportunity. You walked into my bar. Have the opportunity to find the right gin or the right spectrum of gin that you might love. And if you said to me you're a bourbon lover, I'm gonna start you on barrel-aged gins. If you tell me you're a vodka lover, honestly, I already have things that I'm gonna try out on you. But I get excited when you try something for the first time and be like, ooh, I'm kind of okay with this. And all it is, it's building trust between you and us that you're willing to allow us to listen to you and to. Follow your palette. And that's what we've done since we opened our doors and it's what we've continued to do now.
0: I have to ask, have you heard or seen the memes or the headlines on the articles online and things like that that say, um, gin is the drink most associated with sociopaths?
1: <sighs> oh, yep. Every time they <laughs> get published, someone posts it on my social media. i obviously egging on a response. But I think what I see gin as is a spirit for people that are individuals. I love that answer. You're in an individual. Vodka has no flavor, which is great. No problem. I am not anti-vodka. Um, but gin is a way that, like, there's so many standout flavor profiles. If you just say to me, I love martinis and savory gins, Ah. Uh, I already know we're going to be best friends, right? Um, Or if you say, I like beautiful floral gins, I can almost identify certain aspects of your personality. And it's really fun because gins can match those things. You go and you find things and you're like, I fall in love with this type of thing. And I think it's exciting. It's more to talk about when you're on a date. It's more to talk about when you go into a bar, you can start conversations and create best friends based on these things. The same way, now when you say, I love whiskey or bourbon, now everyone's like, well, everyone loves whiskey and bourbon. You know, I'm not saying there's not individuality, totally. But there's something a little bit more individual about um, gin because there is such such a large spectrum.
0: I also remember that feeling of, you know, being the vodka cocktail drinker, and I felt like I graduated when I started ordering gin cocktails. There was something that felt good about that. You said
1: that, not me. <laughs>
0: I am not sipping on a gin and tonic or one of the gin boogies from 1220 Spirits or some other delicious gin treats on this Wednesday afternoon like I wish I was, but I'm doing the next best thing, which is talking to my friend and producer, Dory Olmos. Hello, Dory.
2: Hello. That sounds great. I will take you up on that offer for later today, for sure. Oh, heck yeah.
0: I was going to say, it's going to be a nice one. Just come over. We'll dip our feet into the pool and drink some gin drinks. Once we get this podcast out, of course. (laughs) So Dory, also, I feel like we have to commemorate the fact that hopefully, knock on, I don't know if this is a wood, I guess, uh, knock on wood, um, our last virtual conversation because I'll be back in the building and therefore back in the podcast studio next week with you.
2: I cannot wait, especially after the hoops we're jumping through today with forgetting one little piece of equipment has thrown off a lot of things. It'll be so nice to be looking right across the table here where I'm sitting and to just see you sitting there in front of that microphone instead of an empty seat and your face on the computer screen. I can't wait for you to be back in here with me.
0: It's so weird. And it'll, I mean, our audio quality will definitely get better too. So, and then we'll have a place to hang out and talk for another 30 minutes after we're done recording the podcast. (laughs) 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 Our secret room. So... I thought this conversation, we've been wanting to talk to Natasha for quite some time, but of course, um, her being inducted into the world gen hall of fame was a great excuse to finally sit down with her and something she mentioned, I thought was a really interesting tidbit. Like if this doesn't seem like a big deal to you, um, The Hendrix gin. So if you could name like a handful of gin brands or recognize any from your local schnooks, Hendrix is one of them. That's a pretty popular, pretty mainstream gin. The master distiller there was also inducted in the gin hall of fame at the same time as Natasha. So she was in her induction class.
2: That's incredible. What an honor.
0: It really shows that, you know, they don't just they don't bring just anybody in. So it's very, very cool. Um, And also Gin World is back on for 2021. It is starting on October 10th here in St. Louis. And they're going to feature all sorts of cool sounding things like martini classes. Like you can learn to build your martini. Something called the Mad Men Brunch, which definitely has me yeah, intrigued. Um, and we have we'll go ahead and link to more information about that in our episode notes. News story. We have food news. Um, a couple a couple good news items. One that we've been following for quite some time, ever since the whole to-go cocktail thing started being a thing. Now tis a thing forever.
2: For sure. On the law, on the record books books now, Missouri Governor Parsons signed the to-go cocktails bill into law. So drinks, you can get them from your local restaurants to go. They have to be in tamper-proof sealed containers and bought with some food items. You can't just go to Mission Taco Joint and get a jug of margarita. You got to get some tacos too. Um, And then this law also does away with some restrictions that were on Sunday alcohol sales. Basically, this extends the hours that restaurants and businesses can sell their booze. So I I just mentioned Mission Taco Join. I want to give them a little bit of a shout out because Adam Tilford was really one of the, the restaurant owners in Missouri who got creative at the beginning of the pandemic. They started selling those jugs of margaritas to go and caught the eyes of state lawmakers and regulation holders who kind of came down on him and put the whole to go cocktail thing on hold for a little bit. But he and a bunch of other restaurant owners lobbied the state and clearly they won. So now this is on the record, on the law books. You can get those cocktails to go and a little bit of a a shout out to our own local restaurants for helping make that happen.
0: You know, cheers to a change that really is, I don't see any losers in this situation. I'm a big fan.
2: Me too. Yep. Big fans over here.
0: And bi- also, big fans of this new place that in town that has yet to even really be formally opened as a place. But we have an update again on another store we've been following for some time.
2: Yeah, City Foundry still on track to open this summer. So they don't have an official opening date yet, but they are expecting to announce that very soon. Officials told our partners over at the St. Louis Business Journal. They're anticipating having 20 spaces for vendors that will open in two different phases. First phase this summer, second phase later this year, thinking maybe in the fall. Uh, And then some really good news to go with this is that the anchor tenants, aka those really big attractions in City Foundry, are still on board, still signed on, and they're going to be opening up. Fresh Time Market is already under construction and will be opening this fall. They'll be the first anchor tenant opening And then construction is going to start soon on Alamo draft house and punch bowl social, which I'm very excited for both of those to come here.
0: I love the diversity that's going to be there. It's not just an entertainment. I mean, they're bringing you, they're giving you reasons to come by any day of the week, any time of day. And they've already been doing such a good job opening their gates to different events, shopping events. There was a Juneteenth celebration and, um, I'm excited to see what happens next when they finally are officially open. Because if this was what non-open looks like, I'm excited to see what open brings.
2: Uh, Me too, yeah. So we can actually get inside the doors instead of kind of peeking inside when we're at those little events and fairs that they have.
0: Exactly. Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week?
2: All right. So I finally got to go to Russell's on Macklin. I've been wanting to go there forever, forever and a day. Uh, finally made it over there we've had friends bring their huge cinnamon rolls over to our house but Mm -hmm. finally got to try one at the restaurant itself for brunch the other day I kind of went rogue and I've talked about this before Jason and I usually really coordinate kind of coordinate our meals so he gets something I get something
0: like a good married couple
2: (laughs) yes we (laughs) we can like really try each other's uh, meals but I just went rogue on this one and I ordered that cinnamon roll right away. And he was like, Oh, well, I wanted to get French toast too. So now we can't really get French toast because it's just too much sweet. So I, I I don't regret it. regret doing that, Dory, is this
0: like the preface to you guys having to go to counseling or something? We doing okay. (laughs) We doing okay. After this, we're,
2: we're good. No regrets. All right. With the, the cinnamon roll was almost entirely eaten. So I think that was still a success. Um, If you get that roll, though, by the way, it is like the size of a plate. It is so good. Uh, But besides that, both of our meals were really good. I got the breakfast burrito. uh, Really cheesy, really good um, eggs inside. And then it also came with... some potatoes that were really good, really crispy and salty potatoes on the side too. So I was very happy with what we got. I can't even remember what Jason got, but his food was really good too.
0: Because you were in a sugar coma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds so good. Every time we talk about brunch, it makes me want to have brunch like in that moment. I don't care what it is. I want to eat brunch. Um, mine was actually at the Tower Grove Farmers Market food truck Friday. I had some friends in town this weekend, and um, they got in town just in time to make it to the farmers market Friday evening. Or I'm sorry, to the park Friday evening for the food trucks, and we all like immediately went and grabbed some drinks from. Actually, we got gin drinks um Ooh. from the Narwhals truck. If you haven't seen the Narwhals truck recently, by the way, it. Norbert, they call him. It is fantastic. Um, And we were able to say hi to the guys there, sip on some delicious cocktails, and then we all dispersed. I landed at the Cha-Cha Chow Truck. They do a lot of different types of tacos, and I had the cheeseburger taco, which was fine, but the Yachty taco was really, really good. It was a flour tortilla with, like, a chicken that they say is citrus brined, white cheddar cheese, and then the Yachty sauce, which is, I think it's a mayonnaise based, um, it's spicy and it's creamy and it was so good. I could have eaten like six of them. So it was a delicious stop. Good thing to do, by the way, if you have friend a big group of friends that you're trying to make sure everybody gets what exactly what they want, bring them to some food trucks.
2: I think that taco sounds Yachty approved for sure.
0: Oh yeah. You know, just enough spice. And yeah. speaking of Tower Grove Park. So we left hours before it actually got pretty uh, pretty dicey the weather there and wherever you live in the st Louis area you either got really lucky and it was a fine weekend or you had some storm damage this weekend and Tower Grove park fell into the category where they got some damage I think it was about 40 trees uh, mm-hmm. around the park went down and it was just going to be it was just going to be dangerous to hold the farmers market on Saturday morning so they wind up having to cancel that like as some of these farmers were already setting up and that's really tough on the these farmers, these businesses, because for some of them, they live farmer's market to farmer's market. And I don't mean that in a glib way. It really does um, me- make a big difference to their bottom line. And so a cancellation like that can be very tough. So Right now, uh, Tower Grove Park and the Farmer's Market are teaming up to try to do a little bit of a fundraiser for them. So if you can donate $50 or more to Tower Grove Park by the end of July, they will give you a $10 token to the Farmer's Market. So you'll be able to give back and then brings you back to the Farmer's Market as well and help, um, you know, give a little support to these businesses and these farmers and these local folks who make One of our best tower, one of our best farmers markets in our area.
2: And it's—I've heard from several people this year how great it's been, how big it's been. Just people being really surprised by the amount of vendors there. So obviously, a lot of different people affected by this. Um, And then some of these—the people who participate—they don't live close; they drive far, so it's a whole day thing for them that um, they're missing out on. So if you can. Swing by, donate, just be present and support local, um, the farmer's market participants will really appreciate it.
0: And remember, it's not just uh, Saturday mornings, it's also Tuesday afternoons. It might be something worth adding to your weekend planner if you haven't been yet this season, but we also have some other things to tell you about for this weekend of July 16th through 18th starting off with movie night at well-spent brewing company on friday they're gonna be showing the sand lot on their projector screen outside what a great brewery movie to watch i love that selection you can reserve a socially distanced picnic table or a spot in the grass Um, each of the spots can accommodate up to six people you put down a reservation it costs you 30 bucks but that thirty bucks also gets you a jumbo bag of movie theater style popcorn with refills, and that's a pretty much the same price you'll pay in a movie theater these days, isn't it? So there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, fully uh, appreciate that. That's one of the things that Jason and I have been missing during the pandemic: is movie theater popcorn. You just you can't uh, you can't replace that. You can't duplicate that at home for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, also happening this weekend on Sunday, a big old event put on by Sauce Magazine. It's their Saucy Soiree. Uh, they're huge tasting events. You can go and sample and celebrate all of the winners from the annual reader's choice poll. So think about the best of the best in St. Louis. They're going to be there and you can try a little bit of everybody. Dozens of restaurants, bars and breweries and wineries participating. Tickets are required. You can buy those online and they also will be selling those at the door. And I believe tickets also include a drink or two with them. So you get a little bit of something else with it.
0: And Saucy Soiree is the best name for any event ever, I feel like. I love that. I, th- I agree with that, yeah. <laughs> and Sunday is Sample Soulard. We're going to keep up with the alliterations and Sunday fun day activities here. It's part of Soulard's Bastille Day weekend. You can eat, drink, and explore your way through the neighborhood. Um, they're going to have 18 bars, restaurants, and businesses participating. So that's a big chunk of Soulard there. Tickets are required. You can buy them either online or the day of. But that $25 ticket will get you seven tasting tickets, a souvenir mug, drink specials you can take advantage of with that mug, and free trolley rides from one stop to the next. So that sounds like a very Soulard Sunday for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And oh my goodness, so many different places you can sample things this weekend. Um, If you want some dessert on top of all of that, Sunday is National Ice Cream Day. We've got a couple places participating. Clementines, of course, they're always participating in these things If you're part of the first 50 households in line at each of their shops, you'll get a free limited edition Clementine's shirt. Plus, they also say they're going to have some other fun surprises up their sleeves. And also just know there is one more Clementine's location that you can go to this weekend. They're opening up their fifth location this week. This one is out in town and country. So our St. Louis County folks have another place to go and get some ice cream. Uh, besides that, ICE is playing a fancy in my neighborhood in Shaw. They're going to be celebrating National Ice Cream Day, too, with some live music in the afternoon, including from the Red and Black Brass Band. If you have not seen them, if they have not come to your neighborhood, <clears throat> if they haven't come to your neighborhood yet, they are so fun to watch and just put on a great show out there. So uh, they'll be by Clementine or ICE's uh, Sunday afternoon and also happy anniversary, birthday to ISIS. It's their seventh anniversary. So pretty cool little celebration for them there.
0: They've been around seven years now. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. Well, hey, while we're giving birthday shout outs, also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Gorilla Street. They are celebrating 10 years right now. So nice. my goodness. I mean, it is a great food week and weekend. Um, and and the Brass band and ice cream—what a fantastic way to spend your Sunday! I love that. Mm-hmm. And then, if you need to, you know, you're thinking about all of this. Well, that's great, Abby and Dory. Is Saturday and Sunday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I have all sorts of food plans, but what am I going to do all next week to feed myself? Well, St. Louis Burger Week kicks off on Sunday, and then it continues on through the following Sunday, July 25th. In this event, more than 40 restaurants will participate by whipping up their own unique take on a burger and when we say unique dory you noted a dessert burger from defiant dough sounds interesting it would definitely is, try it
2: it is it sounds so good it's essentially i'll spoil it just a little here but it's like a brownie base so it looks like a burger but it's actually dessert
0: that sounds even better, actually. Why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. And all the burgers are six bucks. Um, carryout will be offered. You might have to pay a little extra for carryout, but, you know, you still sounds good. Starts at $6. And if you get four or more stamps in your Burger Week passport, you'll be entered to win a special grill-out prize. So there you go. That motivates you to, you know, maybe not grill-out next week. Just go ahead and enjoy all the burgers St. Louis has to offer. Ooh la la! La la la. La. La la. La. Abby Eat St. Louis is a Five in Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico, and I'm Dori Olmos special thanks this week to the new yorker to Ano distillers and to eater online magazine for some of our history help believe it or not i didn't just know all those things about gin off the top of my noggin uh so <laughs> thanks for all of that make sure you're subscribed to our podcast so you never miss an episode leave us a rating and a review as well it would be so fantastic to just like get a bunch of five-star reviews as we head back into the podcast booth together for the first time in well over a year, Dory. I'm so Let us know your thoughts on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. And until next time, until we're back in the podcast booth together, Ooh. seize the plate.